Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Breaking news tonight. President Trump says he's taking hydroxychloroquine to prevent COVID-19. Despite warnings, the president has been on the unproven drug for the last week and a half. I'm taking the two, the zinc and the... Hydroxy. All I can tell you is, so far, I seem to be okay. Promising vaccine news. Early results in a small human trial leads the stock market to surge. How it works and who gets it first. Open for business as the nationwide death toll tops 90,000. Images of packed boardwalks and bustling block parties. Plus, tens of thousands of auto workers are back on the assembly line. Multi-million dollar scam. The Secret Service says a Nigerian crime ring used stolen Social Security numbers to collect millions in your unemployment benefits. Terror in America. The FBI says the Saudi Arabian gunman who opened fire at a U.S. naval base in December had a link to Al-Qaeda, their first attack on U.S. soil since 9-11, how agents got the information from his iPhones. Tropical Storm Arthur, where the first-named storm of 2020 is hitting and heading. Massive fire, dramatic video tonight as firefighters in Los Angeles try to fight enormous flames. And a survivor's story. He beat the odds in the battle of his life. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with that breaking news. President Trump says he is taking hydroxychloroquine. It's a commonly used anti-malaria drug that he's repeatedly promoted as a game changer for treating coronavirus. 
Just last month, the FDA warned doctors about the risks of using that drug on coronavirus patients, including serious heart problems, and said it had not been shown to be safe or effective. But tonight, the president appears to be brushing aside those concerns, saying it was his idea to take the drug, along with zinc, as a way to prevent catching the virus. He says he's been taking it for about a week and a half. That's around the same time two White House aides, including the valet who serves his lunch, tested positive. And as we come on the air tonight, more than one and a half million others have also tested positive nationwide. And more than 90,000 people have been killed right here in the U.S. But there is some promising news to report tonight on efforts to stop the virus. Moderna, a Massachusetts-based company, says at least eight people in its vaccine trial have developed a positive immune response to COVID-19. And that sent the Dow soaring today nearly 4%. There's a lot of breaking news to get to tonight, and we've got our team of correspondents covering it all. We're going to begin tonight with CBS's Weijia Zhang, who leads us off at the White House. Weijia. Well, Nora, in recent weeks, President Trump actually stopped talking about hydroxychloroquine publicly as the FDA and other studies revealed of possible risks. But that did not stop him from taking it, which he says was his own idea that the White House doctor agreed to. President Trump's revelation that he's taking the controversial drug hydroxychloroquine comes as top health officials warn of its potential danger. The president said he consulted with his doctor at the White House. I asked him, what do you think? He said, well, if you'd like it. I said, yeah, I'd like it. I'd like to take it. A lot of people are taking it. So I'm taking the two, the zinc and the hydroxy. And all I can tell you is, so far, I seem to be okay. The FDA has warned patients not to take hydroxychloroquine outside of a hospital and not to take it to prevent disease as it can cause heart rhythm problems. Dr. William Schaffner is an infectious disease specialist. There's no real indication, no evidence base for the use of hydroxychloroquine as a preventive of COVID-19. I think doctors ought to not be prescribing this medication to people across the country for this purpose. Rick Bright claims he was forced out of his job as the administration's top vaccine researcher because he was unwilling to push hydroxychloroquine as a treatment. Mr. Trump has described it as a game changer. You believe you were retaliated against because you raised concerns about hydroxychloroquine? Yes, I do. I believe my last ditch effort to protect Americans from that drug was the final straw that they used and believed was essential to push me out. President Trump said it was Bright who authorized with his signature the emergency use of hydroxychloroquine. If he doesn't believe in it, why would he sign it? But I Dr. Anthony Fauci again, has said science I has not heard. shown the drug definitively works. The data are really just at best suggestive there have been cases that show there may be yeah. an effect and there are others to show there's no effect. The president has contradicted Dr. Fauci and other medical experts before. Now, I hope to not be able to take it soon because, you know, I hope they come up with some answer. Tonight, the FDA is not commenting on President Trump ignoring its warning, but in the past has said since hydroxychloroquine is approved to treat other illnesses, the decision to use it for COVID-19 is really up to the patient and their doctor. White House officials, including the physician here, have not said anything beyond the president's remarks. Nora? Incredible details there, Weijia. Thank you. 
More now on the encouraging news about a potential coronavirus vaccine that injected new life into the stock market today. The Dow shot up more than 900 points. That's nearly 4%. It was fueled partly by word from the drug maker Moderna that its vaccine showed promise in small, early stage testing. Dr. John LaPook now on the hurdles ahead as we continue our series, Racing to a Cure. Today's announcement fueled optimism because all 45 people who received the trial vaccine from Moderna developed antibodies to coronavirus. How are you feeling about today's findings? Very good. Why? We had been hoping and anticipating for this day. Uh, based on the experience that we've had with our platform, we anticipated that we should be generating an immune response and the right kind of an immune response. But seeing the actual data is very reassuring. What's particularly exciting to researchers and investors is the type of antibodies they found. When scientists looked at the first eight volunteers, all had developed neutralizing antibodies. That's the kind needed to effectively fight off the virus and keep people from getting sick. Moderna's vaccine is different from traditional ones that use a weakened or inactivated version of a virus. Instead, it uses a piece of genetic code known as messenger RNA, which tells the body to produce a coronavirus protein that triggers an immune response. What I've learned in this race, I only have two competitors, the virus and the clock. I wish all my competitors to succeed because we as a society need to have more than one vaccine available. Today's news sent the Massachusetts company stock soaring just days after a former board member, Monsef Slawi, was tapped Thank as the chief president. scientist for the president's vaccine program, Operation Warp Speed. Financial filings show Slawi holds Moderna options worth millions and which are even more valuable today. Tonight, Slawi told CBS News he is divesting all interests in Moderna and will donate to research any profits made since his pick. Meanwhile, the company is expecting to start what it hopes is the final phase of testing in July. They'll be giving the vaccine to larger groups of people in areas where the virus is actively circulating. Nora? That's a big development. Dr. John LaPook, thank you. After nearly two months under lockdown, some people are going back to their normal way of life. Even as cases grow in many places, Texas saw its biggest one-day surge. States are still loosening restrictions. CBS's Janet Shamlian joins us tonight from Houston. Janet? Nora, the nation took big steps towards reopening today, including here in Texas, where gyms like BFIT in Houston are open, though at limited capacity. Restrictions are easing for more than two-thirds of the country, even though only two states have met the federal guidelines for reopening. The parking on the sidewalk. From this massive party in central Florida, several officers hurt breaking it up, to these jam-packed beaches and boardwalks in New Jersey. After like 60-something days indoors, it's nice to soak up the sun back on the beach. Frustration as social distancing orders are ignored. Open New Jersey now! And protests growing in areas still locked down. We've got to enforce this, but I also don't want to start World War III. Florida will soon allow vacation rentals again, except the governor says for visitors from the pandemic's epicenter. If you tell me you're going to rent them out to people from New York City, I'm probably not going to approve that, okay? In Texas, child care services can reopen immediately. Bars, bowling alleys, and zoos on Friday, except for a few COVID hotspots. Texas is prepared to move into phase two for further opening up for business. The announcement comes amid an outbreak in the panhandle, officials say is due to more testing at meatpacking plants. The big three automakers restarted production today with mandatory temperature checks for about 83,000 workers at 48 plants across eight states. 
feel kind of excited about getting back. It's like we storming the beach on Normandy. You know what I'm saying? But the crush to the economy growing. Uber today cutting another 3,000 jobs, closing 45 offices. Sports are back. NASCAR ran this 400-mile race in South Carolina without fans in the stands. The names of healthcare workers fighting the virus, replacing drivers' names on their cars. It was great for our sport, but I think it was great for sports in general. High fly ball. Major League Baseball announced when it returns, new rules include no spitting, showers, hugs, or high fives. Swing and a miss. And necessity, the mother of invention for a Maryland restaurant. A table that looks waterworthy for socially distant dining six feet apart. Here in Texas, the governor says professional sports like golf, tennis, auto racing can resume at the end of the month. And tonight, Notre Dame University has announced it will start its fall semester early and end it early before Thanksgiving, just as the flu season is starting. Nora. Colleges trying to figure it out. All right, Janet, thank you. A sophisticated international crime ring is stealing hundreds of millions of dollars in unemployment benefits intended for Americans who have lost jobs during the pandemic. U.S. authorities say many victims of the fraud are first responders, government workers, and school employees. CBS's Jeff Begay's reports. When Stephanie Dercole applied for unemployment in Florida on April 13th, this pop-up appeared on the government website saying this social security number was already used to file a claim. I've never uh, filed for unemployment before, so I was thinking, okay, maybe someone did fraudulently use my social to try and claim benefits as me. CBS News has confirmed that the Secret Service is investigating a multi-million dollar fraud scheme led by a criminal organization with ties to Nigeria, targeting the unemployment insurance system. We will track down every lead we have and prosecute those that we can. According to the Secret Service alert, there are cases in Washington State, Florida, North Carolina, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Oklahoma, and Wyoming. They just saw the opportunity and seized that opportunity. Victims like Stephanie Dercole are struggling with unemployment and now this. Okay, so you're in a real limbo. Yes. Don't know if you're going to get your money. Don't know if somebody stole your money. Right. <laughs> I, I've basically resigned to the fact that I may never see any of this money, which is sad. The Secret Service believes the thieves are trying to capitalize on states rushing money to people in need during this pandemic. And even though this investigation is really just ramping up, the potential losses here could reach hundreds of millions of dollars. Nora. Jeff, thank you. The Saudi military trainee who killed three American servicemen in Pensacola, Florida, last year had ties to al-Qaeda. That's according to the Justice Department and FBI. Today, they said the shooter, Mohammed al-Shamrani, communicated with the terror group the night before the attack. CBS's David Martin reports tonight on how they cracked the case. Before al-Shamrani was gunned down by sheriff's deputies, he tried to destroy his iPhones, but they survived and today Attorney General Barr revealed what investigators found. The phones contained information previously unknown to us that definitively establishes al-Shamrani's significant ties to al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Barr said it took the FBI four months to unlock the passwords. Unfortunately, Apple would not help us unlock the phones. 
Apple insists it is not able to unlock password-protected phones. Al-Shamrani's phones revealed he first contacted al-Qaeda in 2015 and continued while he was attending flight school in the U.S. Taking advantage of the information he acquired here to assess how many people he could try to kill. One of the operatives he communicated with has since been killed by a U.S. strike. David Martin, CBS News, Washington. We turn now to the case of Ahmad Arbery, the unarmed African-American man who was shot and killed while out for a jog in his Georgia neighborhood. Tonight, more surveillance video has surfaced from near the scene of the shooting. Here's CBS's Omar Villafranca. Recently released video from multiple motion detection cameras shows kids, a white couple, a young black man, and Ahmad Arbery on the property over a four-month span, often prompting a police response. CBS News obtained a copy of a text message sent after an incident in December. Glenn County Police Officer Robert Rash suggested homeowner Larry English contact Gregory McMichael, texting, Greg is retired law enforcement. He said, please call him day or night when you get action on your camera. Glenn County Police didn't respond to our questions. 911 was the address emergency. On February 23rd, Gregory McMichael called 911 after Arbery jogged away from the house. The final confrontation was caught on cell phone video. Special Prosecutor Joyette Holmes met with the Arbery family on Sunday and told them the death penalty is still on the table. In an interview with 48 Hours, Arbery's mother, Wanda Cooper-Jones, said she expects Holmes to prosecute the father and son to the fullest extent of the law. I need you to actually work. We waited. We've been patient. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Dallas. Tonight, Tropical Storm Arthur, the first named storm of the hurricane season, is moving out to sea. It lashed North Carolina and Southern Virginia today, dumping nearly five inches of rain. With winds topping 40 miles per hour, Arthur is expected to lose strength later this week. Tonight, 11 firefighters are recovering from a fire explosion in Los Angeles. They were scrambling down a ladder on Saturday when they were caught in a wall of flames. Tonight, six are still in the hospital, but they are expected to survive. The cause of the fire is under investigation. The building that burned manufactures hash oil, which contains THC, the active ingredient in marijuana. A new outbreak of coronavirus in northeast China has led authorities there to reimpose stay-at-home restrictions on more than 100 million people. In Europe, though, famous landmarks are slowly reopening. Today in Greece, tourists visited the ancient ruins of Acropolis. And Pope Francis celebrated Mass at St. Peter's Basilica for the first time in 10 weeks. Researchers estimate that more than 272,000 Americans have recovered from the coronavirus. Every recovery is a cause for celebration, but this one in Albany, Georgia, deserves special mention. Here's CBS's Mark Strassman. Harold Jenkins was heading home. Everyone cheering in this video knew the COVID-19 patient had cheated death. I've never had a moment like that in my life. What I remember about that was how good I felt. Jenkins, a 67-year-old father of five, has diabetes and heart issues. At Phoebe Putnam Hospital, the virus seemed to be attacking his brain. Staff in the ICU hooked him to a ventilator and called his wife. 
He said, pray because this virus is attacking him big time. COVID-19 sorrow has staggered this rural hospital and community. 92 patients have died, more than in 11 states. But Harold Jenkins recovered. When I, when I came off, he said, you're the first guy to come off a ventilator. They cheer for every successful patient. These moments matter to hospital staff. It's just joy without bounds. You know, it's amazing seeing someone that has been snatched from the grasp of death. When Harold Jenkins left the hospital, Dr. Ofotole carried his oxygen tank. They were clapping for me, but I should have been clapping for them. <laughs> Those are the heroes. Frontline heroics. They kept Jenkins and Hope alive here. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Albany, Georgia. Those heroes who save lives, they can't be thanked enough. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, in an exclusive interview, the founder and CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, tells us about a new feature on the platform, as well as his efforts to help with the COVID-19 crisis. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most-watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.